This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hey, boo. Hola. Bienvenidos. Buongiorno. Welcome to an all new episode of the Low Life Podcast. I'm your messy host, Lo von Rumpf, and I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm so happy to just be with my low lifers reunited. It's the highlight of my week, and yeah, I missed you guys. I hope you're having a good day so far, a great week. And if you're not having a good day, having a little bit of a shitty week, Maybe you're feeling like you're in a funk. Don't worry, boo-boo. It's okay. That was me last week, so <laughs> it's all good. We're about to turn that frown upside down because we have an amazing episode in store for you today that I'm sure to put at least a smile on your face. So whatever you're going through, it could be a little escape for you in this moment right here, right now. I'm going to give you guys a little update that nobody asked for. Not a single soul is asking for an update on my mental health. <laughs> not even my therapist is asking how my mental health is doing. He's like, I'm good, low. Like, I'll just see you next week. <laughs> so, yeah, but I like to share it with you. And last week I told you um, I was kind of going through it a little bit. Yeah, last week was a tough one for me. I think I rated it like a 2.5 or something. It was, yeah, tough times. But this week, so much better. I'm going to rate my mental health this week as a solid 7.5, which is great. That's a 75%, what, C average, C plus. It's no summer school there. It's a passing grade. Things are looking good. A lot of my low lifers have been writing in saying, low, I'm working on taking some time for myself, doing a little meditation. You know, that 54321 method I talked about in last week's episode, you know, where you take time to show some gratitude, do some breathing exercises, little meditational moment, all that sort of thing. So if you're doing that, great. I know that helps. It helps me a lot too. And also, I'm in this kick of waking up at the crack of dawn, which is so not on brand for me to wake up at 5.30 in the morning. What the hell? I've been doing that for the last like two weeks, just waking up. No matter what time I go to bed at night, my ass is up ready to go at 5.30 in the morning. And I hate it. I'm like, what is happening in my body that I'm waking up at this godforsaken hour? I used to be able to sleep until like noon. If someone would let me, like if my alarm doesn't go off or I didn't have anything to do, um, I could easily sleep until noon and not feel guilty about it. Not at all. Now I'm like, my body needs to sleep. I feel like an infant. Let me just wrap myself up in a blanket and just, yeah, call it a day. <laughs> then I'd wake up at like noon. I didn't do that all the time. It was rare occasions, but I don't even think I could do that now. <sighs> but I think my schedule has just been so structured and so jam-packed that the only time I have to take care of me and just have some alone time, some me time, is at the ass crack of dawn at around 5, 5.30 in the morning, which actually has been pretty beneficial. It's an adjustment to get up that early, but now that's my normal. So I've been waking up very early. And first thing I do, you know, I make my bed, have a little tea, do my meditation, I'll stretch. But I've also made it a habit of not being on my phone first thing in the morning, which is so hard to do. I'll look if I have like a text message or something like that, uh, but I'm not going on social media. I wait at least a couple hours before I dive into the world of Instagram and all that stuff, or emails for that matter. I've just been really taking the time to make sure my morning starts off on the right foot to give myself a fighting chance to have a good day. You know, if I start off the day strong, then it kind of goes into the rest of the day for me. Uh, so taking a nice luxurious shower, that's something I like to do at night, and I take little bird baths, cold bird baths in the morning. 
Um, but I've switched it up. I'm taking a luxury shower in the morning. And I've been making my own body scrubs. My skin feels like a little baby seal right now. I mix up some brown sugar, some honey, coffee grounds, uh, and jojoba oil. Jojoba? The J is silent. And I like jojoba because it's a dry oil and it's so good for the skin. It's a little pricier. So you could do like a coconut oil uh, or a grapeseed oil works great. Even olive oil. But mix that shit up in a little bowl and uh, take a shower and scrub yourself down and your skin will feel so buttery and soft and just amazing. So I've been doing that in the morning and then also finishing off my morning routine with an acai bowl. Is that how you say it? Acai? Acai? I don't know. I just know they're delicious and I love them. And if you're not familiar with an acai or acai bowl, treat yourself, my kings and queens. They are freaking delicious. It's basically this thick sorbet, frozen acai flavored. They have different flavors of them, of course. But they put a layer of that on the bottom, this sorbet stuff. And then they take a layer of like chia pudding or oatmeal. Uh, Sometimes you could do granola. They'll put a little thin layer of that. And then you go in with fresh fruits nuts, berries, seeds, whatever you want to put. Uh, Some places have more toppings than others. And I load the shit out of my acai bowl. I'm putting goji berries, bee pollen, blueberries, bananas, coconut flakes, a little drizzle of almond butter, some honey, and uh, I'm sitting pretty. I'm so satisfied with it. It's my favorite morning treat. Most people I think would love them. Unless you're like Elliot who eats like no fruits and hates everything. Um, He wouldn't be down for that. But most people I think would be down for an acai bowl. Because they're so delightful. Just a nice morning treat to get the day started. I'm not even a breakfast person. But I'm down for one of these because they don't make me feel heavy after. All right. So let's get into today's episode. I'm excited about it. Today's episode we're talking about sex. Oh yeah. We're getting dirty with it. Oh yeah. The thing is, when it comes to talking about sexuality or what goes down in the bedroom, some people get weird about it. I don't. Uh, I'm an open book when it comes to that situation. When it comes to sex, I feel like we all have that one friend that we can confide in and talk about everything that's going down in our personal lives, especially what's going down in the bedroom, and we can get advice from that person. In my particular situation with my friend groups, um, I happen to be that friend. Not because I'm like super well-versed sexually, but I've had some experiences and I feel like most of my friends just view me as someone who's so not judgmental. I'm down to try anything. Um, You could really run anything by me. And I've tried most things. Yeah. (laughs) So that being said, they feel safe to confide in me. And I've learned a lot from friends and, you know, we bounce ideas, you know, and techniques and stuff like that. I'm giving little blowjob tips. Here's some anal advice, that sort of thing. You know how it goes. (laughs) The shit I've done with my girlfriends. I remember one of my friends, she was like, Lo, I'm struggling. So I was like, go get a cucumber queen. I'm about to show you how it's done. And um, yeah, she was, she was very grateful for that moment, really bonded us. But even if we all have that friend out there, um, it's also nice to sometimes get ideas run by an expert, someone who specializes in the field of sex and sexuality and sex therapy. So that's why we have an expert coming on today. And we're going to dive into everything. You guys are going to love her. We talk about balancing your hormones, increasing your sex drive, We've got some great masturbation tips. She also explains like how to last longer for a guy and how long is sex typically last on average for most couples. That number will probably surprise you. Uh, we also talk about the art of the orgasm, the anal orgasm, and a nice little intro into the world of booty sex. There's no question that's off limits. You can talk about everything with Vanessa, our guest today. And that's why I love talking to her. And I wanted her to come on because 
I know she's very well-versed and educated and has amazing classes that she offers to people um, on the professional side of things, but she also has just this vulnerability and comfort in the way she speaks that it just feels like you're sitting with a friend, shooting the shit, talking about whatever struggles you may or may not have in the bedroom. So without further ado, let's jump into today's low life sex episode. Hit it. I have a very special guest, Vanessa Marin. Okay. She's a licensed uh, psychotherapist and writer specializing in sex therapy. She's been helping people have extraordinary sex for over 15 years. She's been featured in the Oprah magazine, Glamour, Allure, the New York Times. Her goal is to help you identify and overcome your blockages and learn how to have more fun in the bedroom. Whether you're looking to learn how to orgasm, skyrocket your confidence, or learn how to give a good BJ, maybe even rekindle the spark with your partner, Vanessa has you covered. I have thoroughly enjoyed listening to her podcast, Pillow Talk, that she co-hosts with her amazing husband. They discuss all the different aspects of the bedroom, all the different types of couples, um, whether it be homosexual, heterosexual relationships, they got it all down. Vanessa is making the world a better place one orgasm at a time. So it's my honor to have a very special guest today. Please welcome to the Low Life Podcast, our sex therapy expert and queen, Vanessa Marin. Thank you so much for having me. It's always so funny hearing somebody list off your accomplishments. And yeah, Yeah. it's it's nice. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, so I was I've been wanting to have a sex uh, therapist moment on the podcast, Mm -hmm. but I was a little weary. I'd been sent different uh, people in the industry. And I just wasn't feeling it. I mean, respect to their craft, but I had one lady that was pitched to me and I was going to do an episode and I looked her up and all of the information she had was, again, great. All centered around the female orgasm. There wasn't much mention of dudes anywhere in there, which Mm -hmm. is, again, totally fine. But I do have male listeners Mm -hmm. um, and there was no like gay relationships or anything on her page either or even Mm -hmm. on her website. So I was like, "Mm, no, not so much that one. And then there's a dude who also is a sex therapist and his was all about like balls and dick. So mm. it was just a lot like just a ball a, specialist, a ball specialist. It was very penis driven, mm-hmm. uh, which is again, one of my favorite things. However, <laughs> um, I have listeners of all walks of life who are into different things. And then you came into the picture oh. and I looked at your website and I saw your gram and then I started following you was obsessed. And I love that you're very inclusive. You just, you talk about whether it be gay relationships, straight, all different types of, of role play. You really don't shy away from anything. Um, mm-hmm. And I love that you have both perspectives, yours and your husband's, and that he's so open and candid too. So uh-huh. it just makes for a really interesting, one, conversation, and two, follow on the gram. I love following you on Instagram. Your oh, stories thank are you so, much. so good. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a treat. So yeah, we'll get into all of that stuff, but I'm very excited to have you on and just dive into sex talk. I'm very excited to be here. I can't wait. (laughs) So my initial plan, well, I told you when you got here was I wanted to uh, go down a list of questions that I had. Mm -hmm, Your personal therapy session first. I would love that. Uh (laughs) Uh, But then I was talking to one of my girlfriends and she's like, come on, Lo, um, can you please ask her this for me? And I thought my low lifers will probably have questions and they definitely did not disappoint. There's something to say, like, I love how open my listeners are, and I'm sure yours are the same in that regard, but my listeners really came through and just laid it all out. 
and had some definite questions, concerns that mm-hmm. they'd love your advice on, your expertise on. Yeah, I think people are just so desperate to talk about sex because yeah. on the one hand, like sex is everywhere. Sure is. But we don't have very many open, honest, raw, authentic conversations about it. So Mm-mm. I was just telling you a minute ago, like I feel like you just kind of open the door for people and they come flooding through it because we're we want to talk about it. We want to get real about it. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little bit more of your scalp? Has menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted whole-body approach. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over one million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. I'm excited to have Nutrafol as a sponsor because I use it. I love it. I'm a big fan of this company. I've noticed a big difference in my skin, nails, hair. Even my sleep has improved since I started taking this. Now I have the queen taking it too, and it has been a game changer for her hair. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LOWLIFE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LOWLIFE. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LOWLIFE. I'm all about leveling up with my low lifers this year. As a fashion stylist, the first place I want to start, of course, is leveling up your closet. But I don't want you to break the bank. You don't got to spend a lot of money, honey. Design on a dime, boo. You can still elevate your closet on a budget. We want you to save some money here. So I'm happy to have Quince as a sponsor. They are here for us. They're going to take good care of us. At Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at affordable prices. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Oh, they're amazing. I bought these beautiful silk pillowcases for my bed. I got a cute jacket, a cozy cashmere cardigan, and navy blue joggers I'm obsessed with. These are staple pieces for my closet that will not go out of style. And I was able to save some money. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash lowlife for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash lowlife to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash lowlife. I love me a good edible moment. I talk about it all the time on this show. And so I was so excited that Via became a sponsor of the Low Life Podcast. Oh, this is a dream partnership because I love their edibles. They're so delicious. And they're coming on right in time for Valentine's Day. Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. We're talking about pairing aphrodisiac herbs with a mild amount of THC. Their best-selling High Love gummy will awaken your senses, increases the blood flow, and intensifies any sexual experience, even if it's a solo experience. It's going to be amazing with this gummy. The strawberry-flavored one is my favorite. They're vegan. Organic ingredients are used. They have zero THC products as well. So if you're not down for THC, that's okay, boo. Their CBD line is amazing too, which is really great for sleep, focus, and energy. Their products range from 2 milligrams to 50 milligrams of THC, so there's definitely something for everybody. My favorite part about this sponsor is that they ship to all 50 states legally with discreet packaging directly to your door. It makes it so easy breezy for you. No medical card required. 
Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use the code LOWLIFE to receive 15% off plus one free sample of their Sleepy Dreams gummies. 21 and over. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com and use code LOWLIFE at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. It's such a taboo thing. I didn't grow up with it being taboo. Did you? It was moderately taboo. It wasn't like you're going to go to hell or it's a sin, but it was definitely a very uncomfortable topic. Like we never really talked about it in my household growing up. Really? Mm -hmm. Did you grow up in a naked house? I did not grow up in a naked house. Oh, no. Like mom or dad, like they make sure they are clothed. You're Mm -hmm. not going behind Mm -hmm. the sacristy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked about sex one time in my childhood. That was the talk. And all that it was, was my mom saying, if you have any questions, you can ask us. But mm. there wasn't any actual, here's some information. Here's what you need to know. Here's a book. Really? And even, even in her asking me that question, it was very obvious that what she was really saying was, I don't Please want you to ask don't. anything. Please don't. Even I don't want to talk about it. How old were you? I was about 11. We oh, were, young. yeah, it was in our minivan. We were driving home from grandma's house from dinner and she looked at me in the rear view mirror and said it. And I did. I had so many questions. I really did want to talk about it. And yeah. I remember being, I felt very ashamed in that moment. Like I felt like I had done something wrong. And I felt embarrassed and I really had this feeling of like, why can't we talk about it? Why does this have to be this way? Yeah. What's the elephant in the room? The sexual elephant Mm -hmm. that no one wants to address. In my house, my dad's more conservative. He didn't bring it up ever. I mean, my dad was like, wear protection. Like, I think that's Mm -hmm. the extent of it. Uh, You know, put a condom on. We don't want kids running around. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, you don't have to worry about that, (laughs) dad. (laughs) Oopsies. But the queen, my mom, she is very open about talking about everything. Mm. Um, Open book since I was, you know, 11 years old. I think that's around the same time I had the conversation with her. I don't like hearing about her sex life. Uh (laughs) I like to picture the queen in immaculate conception. My dad is like Joseph Queen, not to make me Jesus in this scenario Uh at all, but like just thinking of like my mom in bed with my dad sexually makes Mm -hmm. me want to throw up. I don't think anyone likes thinking about their parents having sex. I don't like thinking about my parents. I like, I hope my parents have a great, active, loving relationship, but I don't want to know about it. No. No. And there's such a purity (laughs) in the queen. I'm just like, don't you dare queen. I don't want to know anything about it, but I overshare with her. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm the first one to be like, I got my butthole bleached over dinner or whatever. How does she feel about that? She loves it. Well, she's like, can we just not talk about (laughs) your butthole for once? It's like Thanksgiving, you know, Uh but I'm always the one who's like bringing it up and I overshare, but she's down for the conversation, Mm -hmm. uh, which is great. It's a safe place. But I, I have that idea in my head of of sexuality being an open discussion, Mm -hmm. um, something that people can talk freely about. But I guess if you're listening to this right now, listener, low lifer, and uh, you are not someone who enjoys talking about sex or you get uncomfortable with it, this might not be the best conversation for you today. You might also want to explore why you feel that way. But if there's kids in the car, you know, maybe save this for a little late night moment episode. Mm -hmm. So that's just a little, I guess, warning ahead of time because we're about to jump in balls deep and, and ask you some questions. Hopefully from, the title will at least be obvious. You yeah. know, it's not like the hottest new styles. And yeah. then all of a sudden we, we trick you and we're talking about buttholes. I've listened to some podcasts that it's like the sex sexuality episode and it's very 
tame. Mm. It's not. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's just. What's the point? If we're going to talk about sex, let's talk about get it. Get into the nitty gritty. Yeah. The nooks and crannies. <laughs> if my you favorite, will. my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> All right. So I want to get into the questions. Low lifers uh, submitted them on Instagram. And yeah, I'm throwing out all the stuff that I had prepared for you mm-hmm. and just going with theirs because they definitely need some help. And some of them were my same questions too. So, okay. Okay. So I wanted to start out right out the gate with this person wrote, my sex drive is non-existent. I don't get aroused like I used to. It's worrying me. What has changed? Okay. So there are a couple of tips that I love to give about sex drive. Sex drive can be a really complex topic. There are a lot of different things that affect our sex drive. So I think a lot of us tend to think of sex drive as like your shoe size, like I'm a five and I'm just always going to be a five for the rest of my life. Are you a five? I am a five. I got tiny tiny little feet. Yeah. Oh, a poly pocket. Yeah. Our, our sex drives are very, very sensitive and they're going to fluctuate throughout the course of our lives. So one thing that we need to do is try to think of ourselves as a little bit like detectives and trying to get a sense of, okay, if I used to have a sex drive that was really high in the past and now my sex drive disappeared, where the hell is it? We want to think about, Hey, what might have changed? What's changed between that time and where I am now. And so sometimes I like to think about this as our sex drive having two modes. We have like a drive mode and a reverse mode. So we want to think about what are the things that actively get me going and what are the things that get in the way? They put me actually in reverse. Yeah. So for example, some common ones that will put you in reverse are stress. I think we really underestimate the impact of stress. Oh, I can't get it hard if I'm stressed. Uh, yeah. And no, people it think, throws you know, me into a funk. Yeah. People hear that and they're like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know I need to de- you know, decrease my stress, but it really does. It has a huge impact on your sex drive, uh, but it could be even something simpler. Like I'm trying to have sex at the end of the night when I'm exhausted, I don't have any energy for it right now. Mm. And then we want to think about what are the things that actively get us going. So that might be I need to feel emotionally connected to my partner first before I feel the desire for sex. That might be, I need to have some alone time so I can connect with myself, myself first before we're, you know, going to be intimate. So we want to kind of like look for those types of clues. And then one other thing that I want to say that I think a lot of us don't make this connection is we have to get really honest with ourselves about the quality of the sex that we're having. Okay. So people don't make this connection between the quality of sex and our desire for sex, but like, let's think about it this way. If you're having sex that's boring, it's predictable, it's the same thing every single time, why are you going to crave it? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You got to spice it up once in a while. Yeah. And, And so there are so many people who are having incredibly boring sex, brings them no pleasure. They're not getting anything out of it. They're not enjoying themselves and then beating themselves up thinking, why do I have no sex drive? Well, it doesn't make any sense for you to have a sex drive. Why would you be craving this thing that's unenjoyable? So for a lot of us, increasing our sex drive really means can we have better sex? Mm, Yeah, that makes sense. I knew uh, I was going through it at one point. I had no sex drive and I was where I didn't even want to masturbate. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the hell's going on with my body? Uh, my testosterone levels were really down. My diet had completely changed Mm -hmm. and that impacted me a lot and on so many different levels, like Mm -hmm. even my workouts. So sometimes it could be that sort of a thing. You could get tested, like, you know, to see like where your hormone levels are at. You definitely can. The the hormone stuff is interesting because most people that that'll be the first thing that they think of. Oh, especially for men, like, oh, it must be my testosterone. And in my experience, 
the percentage of people where their sex drive, their issues with sex drive is a hormonal issue. It is so small. Really? Yeah. I think most of us really underestimate the power of things like stress, of the emotional connection that we need to have in sex, about having enough time and energy and doing it at the right times and having good sex. We want to look for like the more simple answers like, oh, I just like get some testosterone pills and, you know, stuff like that. It does work for some people. I didn't end up taking testosterone pills. I just completely shifted my diet. So it was like heavy and like I I was iron deficient, vitamin D. I was like. Yeah, hurting for vitamins. Mm-hmm. But once I kind of got that that stuff worked out, I felt better. Like, I don't know, I was able to get it up. Yeah, I mean, our sex drive, <laughs> it's a gauge of our overall wellness. Yeah. If you're feeling something's really off, then that's a sign that something else is going on in your life. Your sex drive doesn't, it does not just disappear for no reason. There's always right. a reason. Yeah. Oh, grief is also something that can huge take it out of you. Huge. Current sitch. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, next listener writes, my husband wants to last longer. Sex isn't that great. It's actually pretty quick. He has a hard time with it. How can we help with that? He's very self-conscious. And I don't know how to bring it up to him. Okay. Number one tip here is that issues with lasting longer usually traces back to how a man masturbates. So most men are masturbating to get the job done, right? You're sure. like, I just want to, you know, let's bang this out really quick, get this done. A lot of times it can even feel utilitarian. Like I just, you know, I want to relieve some stress. Let me just masturbate really quick. I want to get to sleep faster. Let me masturbate really quick. And if you even trace it back further than that, like when you first started learning how to masturbate, I'm guessing you were a preteen or teenager and you're kind of like, I don't want to get caught by my parents. So let me do this as quickly as I can to minimize the chances that I get caught. Right. And so when we masturbate that way for people of all genders, when we masturbate just to get the job done, you're training your body to orgasm as quickly as possible. And so then you get to having sex with a partner and your body's like, cool, yep, just go on right for it. But then all of a sudden you're like, no, 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 wait, I want this to last longer. I want to yeah. like take my time and enjoy this. So the best way to last longer is to focus on lasting longer with yourself. So here's like a really practical thing to think about. Like, Think about how much time you want to last, just kind of like a ballpark, you know, during intercourse, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is. Is there an average? How long is sex for most people? Oh, it's so short. The average is about three to five minutes. What? Mm -hmm. Of intercourse, just straight up intercourse. And then the average of like the overall sexual interaction from like once we start, you know, making out and kissing to when we realize we're done, 10 minutes. Wait, hold on. Yeah. (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) That's like a 15 minute sitch. It's yeah. No, 10 minutes total. The whole thing. Intercourse is five minutes. The other Ejaculation, stuff is five minutes. orgasm or not, all of that. Mm-hmm. 10 minutes, the average. Wow. That yeah. one. Oh, I'm having some phenomenal sex then. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Are you feeling better about your sex I'm, life now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, a little bit. 10. I mean, I've, yeah, sure. I've done a quick, like, 10 minute moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. But. Well, I guess the foreplay, that's like a 30 minute moment, like all the stuff leading into it. Good. Right. Yeah. It should be. I mean, yeah, there's definitely a time and place for just like, for just having a quickie. I'm totally a fan of a quickie, but I think most of us, you know, we don't create the time in our lives for sex. We don't prioritize it. We have a hard time like staying present in the moment, but when you can allow yourself to like take up more time and more space, it's so much more enjoyable. I mean, and I say that like I'm doing 30 minutes of foreplay or more. I could do out like making Mm -hmm. out at least 15 minutes. Yeah. Let's make out. And then then goes into all the other fun stuff and below the belt and then the sex part or it doesn't even need to happen at that point because mm-hmm. I'm just so turned on by all the foreplay stuff. Yeah. 
but I don't have children. I don't, you know, so mm-hmm. that I think also is a big factor. If you have kids like that are, uh-huh. you know, with a babysitter or that sort of a thing. Or yeah. You're like the baby's down. We got like 10 minutes, you know? Oh let's, let's yeah. I it. get that. That's fair. But yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah. Going back to that question is it's really trying to focus on lasting longer yourself. And this is a great opportunity for you to like connect with your own sexuality, your sensuality, your body. Like, can I make masturbation be a pampering experience and like mm, me yeah. time, some self-care rather than like, let me just get it done as quickly as possible. Sure. Question on that. So if a guy's wanting to last longer mm-hmm. and he realizes he comes too quick, uh, if he masturbates before he gets to the point of climax, he should stop. So he doesn't come. Is that the best? Like train yourself. Uh huh. So, so like it, don't come and then just like blue ball yourself. Is that the phrase blue balls? Oh, like he's stopping yourself beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're like practicing masturbating. Oh, so what I was saying before is, you know, think about the ballpark of how long you want to last okay. and aim to masturbate for at least that long. It could if you could do longer than that, that's even better. But so for a lot of guys, once you start doing this, you're like, oh, my God, I, I can't last more than a few minutes because your body is so used to, you know, orgasming quickly. So, yeah, what you want to do is get yourself as close as you can and then stop. Give yourself some time to cool off, take mm-hmm. a little bit of a break then start back up again, get yourself back to that edge. And when you're doing this at first, you might be getting up to that edge like 20 times. You're like, oh my God, I just need to come now. Um, But this is, it's just the practice that your body needs. And wow, it's a great Mm -hmm. tip. Yeah. What about uh, Cialis? Oh, that's more taking like a Cialis pills, pills. Viagra. That's mm -hmm. another one. I had a guy, he loved taking Cialis and it made him, it made him hard for a really long time. Yeah. I mean, pills are interesting because I think, you know, anytime a guy has any sort of sexual issue, like we just want to throw pills at him. And the reality is that these pills are (laughs) not meant to work unless there actually is like a medical reason why you're struggling to get erect. And so I've actually had a ton of male clients who took them, you know, took the pills and thought like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get my erection. I'm going to last for forever. By the way, the pills are not meant to make you last forever. No, but, it, it definitely uh, yeah. makes you last for, I'd say. For, a, for some guys it does. But like, yeah, I've had a lot of, hour. I have a lot of clients who it actually didn't work for them. And then that increased their anxiety even more. Oh, that so sucks. I think it's, it's really important for us to recognize like men's sexuality is complex too. Like we have all these stereotypes about men as, oh, they just want sex wherever and whatever. And they're just horny and they should get hard at the drop of a hat. And then we think of women as like, oh, women are so complicated. Like what's the clitoris? Where is it? Why is it so hard? You know, all this stuff. But we need to recognize like male sexuality, it's complex too. It's not as simple as just throwing a pill at a guy. Oh, I know um, men deserve uh, more. They do. <laughs> <laughs> Don't just shove pills in our face and expect our dicks to get hard. Uh, okay. Next question. This person writes, I can't orgasm without a vibrator. Am I doomed that I've never had an orgasm with my partner? It makes me worried. Ooh. Okay. Orgasm is my favorite topic to talk about. I'm assuming that this person is a woman. Oh, do you think we can make that assumption? This is a female listener. Yes. I can confirm that. All right. So vibrators. First thing that you need to do is you need to get a sense for yourself of what role you want a vibrator to play in your sex life. So I think we have this idea that orgasms from vibrators are somehow like not as good as orgasms from hands or from oral sex or stuff like that. A lot of women get very self-conscious about Oh, really? Like, yeah, like a vibrator is the only way I can orgasm something's wrong with me, like kind of like what she's saying. Yeah, yeah. And so I like to tell women, you know, you have a choice here. 
you can decide, you know what? I love my vibrator. This is some amazing technology that's been created. Like I want to use my vibrator on my own. I want to use it with my partner. I'm happy to have all of my orgasms coming from a vibrator. That is awesome. Yeah. On the other hand, there are some women who say, okay, I like my vibrator, but I do want to be able to orgasm in other ways, like my hands, my partner's hands, oral sex, whatever it is. And so if that's the case for you, like, again, there's no hierarchy here. You're not better or worse than the woman who's totally comfortable always using the vibrator, but it just starts with that choice. What role do I want the vibrator to play in my sex life? So if you decide I want to orgasm in other ways, then what you've got to do is take a, a vibrator hiatus. You got to take a break from it mm. because it's this, kind of the same thing like I was talking about with men training themselves to orgasm quickly. If you're using a vibrator, you're training your body to respond to that kind of sensation. And it's not that you've broken yourself or you're addicted to the vibrator or you can never orgasm in any other way ever again. It's just that your body needs time to adapt and to learn a different way of orgasming. So put the vibrator away for a little bit. Focus on using your hands. Two weeks. It can be longer. It can be like up to a couple of months for some women. It depends on how long you've been using the vibrator, how intensely you use it, but give yourself time. You're going to freak out and you're going to think I'm broken. No, it's really not going to work for me, but it will happen. You just need to give yourself some time. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. What is the percentage? I believe it's very low, but I don't know the exact number. You probably do of women that actually orgasm through like classic intercourse, like Ooh. penis mm -hmm. penetration. Mm -hmm. It's very low. So it's about 10 to 15%. And the reason is because that's not how our bodies are designed. So mm. for women or for vulva owners, the center of the universe, <laughs> vulva yeah, owners. vulva owners, anyone who has a vulva, <laughs> not everyone who has a vulva identifies as a woman, but anyone who has a vulva, your pleasure is going to come from the clitoris. And intercourse generally does not do a very good job of stimulating the clitoris. Like you're getting stimulation inside in your vagina and the clitoris, it's, you know, it's in the same general area, but it's not getting direct stimulation. Hmm. So very few women can orgasm from just penetration. The ma vast majority of women need clitoral stimulation. And this actually, like, it gets me a little bit fired up to talk about it because there's so many women who feel like I'm broken. Why can't I orgasm in this way? Wouldn't it just be so much easier to orgasm in this way? And the reality is like for heterosexual couples, the way that we've been taught to have sex completely prioritizes male pleasure. Yeah. Like it's, you know, his penis is the most sensitive part. He wants it to go into the vagina. Great. Okay, done. But that's not the most sensitive part of our bodies. So I like to make this funny comparison all the time whenever I'm talking about this. Where I say, you know, from a nerve ending standpoint, intercourse for a woman is like playing with a guy's balls, or yeah. playing with his knees. You know, it's like, OK, that could be fun. That could be pleasurable. But for most people, it's not going to lead to an orgasm. And so, like, let's imagine some That's alternate universe. Yeah. It's like, what if we had some alternate universe where intercourse is like a guy's rubbing his knee on a woman's clitoris? So she's getting the stimulation that she needs on the most sensitive part of her body. Would we then judge that guy for like, come on, dude, why can't you just have the orgasm from your knee? Like, it would be so much easier if you could. Is something wrong with you Hold that on. you can't? A knee, though? From a nerve ending standpoint. Okay, wow. so because if I pinch my I'm pinching my knee right now. <laughs> I know we're like we're like doing some foreplay right here. <laughs> I'm just like, wait a minute. That like I could really uh -huh. pinch that like wow. Yeah. 
So yeah, the the clitoris has eight to nine thousand nerve endings in the clitoris. The penis, by the way, has two to three thousand. Okay. So way more nerve endings in the clitoris. But the vagina has so few nerve endings that I look like regularly and I can't even find a proper scientific tally of how many nerve endings are in the vagina. So we're really wow. like it's, you know, most women will tell you like intercourse can feel it can feel fun, it can feel pleasurable, it can feel really intimate, but from a pure pleasure standpoint like it just does not create a ton of sensation so we're you know it sounds so ridiculous to do this comparison with the knees like yeah but why I get would we it. make fun of the guy you know for not having an orgasm from his knees but that's what we're doing to women when we set this expectation that women should orgasm from penetration it's just not how our bodies were made is your new year's resolution to find time-saving solutions so you can spend less time doing things like grocery shopping and more time with your little one as a busy parent, I'm always looking for products and brands that will make my life easier. What is one change that's easy to make that will make your life easier in 2024? Little Spoon. Little Spoon delivers fresh, healthy meals and snacks that your kiddo will love for every eating stage. Little Spoon is a one-stop shop for healthy, easy mealtime and snack time for your baby, toddler, and big kid delivered right to your door. Their goal is to make keeping your kid healthy feel like the easiest part of your day so that you can cut through all the drama of mealtime. Time-saving and convenient without compromise. Little Spoon delivers baby blends, biteables, plates, smoothies, snacks, and lunchers. Kids love it, and you will too. It's all so fresh, so delicious, and made with the cleanest, high-quality ingredients. Did I mention it all comes right to my door? So flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. I pick the menu and change it up what I order every time. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. I love it. My kids love it. The grandparents love it. And I know all you low lifers will love it too. A huge win-win-win for my family. And it can also be for yours. Simplify your kiddo's mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash lowlife and enter our code lowlife at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. Well, that brings me to the next listener. Been married for six years. Love my husband. We have a great marriage, but I've been faking it for at least five of mm -hmm. them. Very self-conscious about it. He doesn't know, but it's starting to take a toll on me emotionally. Yep. Um, he thinks the sex is incredible, but it's actually not. I usually get myself off after without him even realizing it. Oh, yeah. This happens so much more than you would realize. And yeah, yeah I mean, women, like, again, we've been taught to feel like something's wrong with us. We're broken inside. Me personally, like I struggled with faking orgasms with partners for years because I felt that same, you know, something's wrong with me. There's so much pressure and I wanted to make it seem like majority you know, of women are oh, faking yeah. it. Yeah. A lot of women are faking it. I, I think that there are more faked orgasms in the world than real orgasms than, from women for sure. Yeah. And so, you know, sad. I get that, I get that pressure, but it just, oh, it makes you know, me so sad. Yeah, I want women to be able to have orgasms. It's really sad when you think about, you know, years and years of this building up of your partner really enjoying themselves, having a great time, getting all this satisfaction. And you're like, what about me? Like, what about me? How is sex supposed to be about me and about bringing me pleasure too? Yeah. And so like, it sounds like they have a great relationship, but like, it's completely understandable that over time, resentment is going to start to build up for her. She's like, why do you get to have all the fun? I'm having nothing. I'm like secretly, you know, hiding, getting myself off while you go up to like go to the bathroom or take a shower or something like that's really sad. 
Does she tell him then? So, yeah. So this is a tricky question and it definitely can be challenging, you know, when you've been with somebody for years or decades, even like, yeah, that's a hard conversation to have to yeah. say, Hey babe, by the way, I've been literally I've been never it. had an orgasm. Yeah. With you. So <laughs> it's, so <laughs> it's tough. It's really what tough. a bruise to the ego for yeah. a guy. Yeah. So, you know, so there are two options here. Again, I'm all about choices for people. Let's give them some options. Yeah. So, you know, one option is you can come clean to your partner and tell them. And I think that if you do want to do that, what you can talk about is like the pressures that you felt and the ways that you felt like something was wrong with you. You were broken. There was no way you were going to be fixed. And so you didn't want to put that burden onto your partner. So just make it clear to your partner, like, this is not about you being terrible. This is about me making this decision to try to like protect myself or because I felt hopeless. I felt like this was never going to happen for me. So that's one way to go. And yeah, that is going to be a challenging conversation. I'm not going to sugarcoat that at all. But I've, I've worked with a lot of couples who, you know, the partner after they got over that initial surprise was able to realize like, yeah, women are not set up for success. We have all this yeah. BS about female pleasure. And, and I understand why, you know, why you felt this pressure to fake it. So that's one way. If that if you're listening to this and being like, I'm about to shit my pants thinking about having that kind of conversation <laughs> with my partner. The other option that you could do is to tell your partner that like you've just been noticing that what your body is responding to has been changing. And so you tell your partner something like, yeah, I don't know what it is, but lately I'm just noticing like the things that used to bring me so much pleasure. They're just not feeling quite the same. Like, He's like, like, like what, babe? Like. Your penis. <laughs> your penis doesn't you bring me pleasure, babe. You don't have to say the penis, but you your can, dick, you know, <laughs> you can say, I'm just, yeah, I'm noticing I'm responding to different things. The good news with this situation is she knows how to get herself off. So yeah. she could tell him specifically, I'm noticing that I'm feeling so much more sensitive to using, I'm just going to like guess that she's using her hands here. Yeah. She could say, you know, I'm feeling so much more sensitive to using my hands. And I think this would be really hot to explore with you. Can I touch myself while you watch? Or can you touch me? And I show you what my body is really responding to. So, you know, you're telling a little white lie there. You're not telling the full truth, but you're creating Putting this a little space. Sugar on it. Yeah, you're creating the space for like, hey, let's let's try some new things. And you're doing it in this way where your partner feels like, like you're excited to explore with your partner. Like, wow, there's, you know, my body is really responding to this. I want to show you. I'm excited. I want you to touch me. You know, you're making it exciting rather That's than fun. like, I've hated everything that we've been doing for the last five years. You suck. Your penis is terrible. Like, you know, <laughs> it's not like that at all. It's a complete, I see like the, the fear and the pain in your eyes. <laughs> as if I'm, you and I are actually I having know. this conversation oh as God, a couple. I thought it was great. <laughs> Vanessa, damn. But I get it. Thank you for keeping it real. And I, that's what you did with your husband. You had an honest conversation with him. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was in one of your podcast episodes that I listened oh, to. Oh, yeah. We've had a lot of honest conversations wow. for sure. And I know it's hard. You know, we yeah, Xander and I have had a lot of tough conversations. I know communication is not easy. Talking about sex is not easy. So I always like to be realistic with people. But I think, you know, ironically, it's it's having these hard conversations with each other that builds intimacy. That's what builds, you know, closeness and connection is when we allow ourselves to go to these vulnerable places with mm. the people that we care about. Love it. <laughs> Let's go to that vulnerable place. Next vulnerable place we're going to go is the anus. We're going to talk mm. about anal. This next guest or co-host <laughs> said, I would love to try anal. I'm a little nervous about it. My husband is wanting anal for our anniversary. But my whole thing is 
he should want ass play too. Mm. Don't understand why he is so weary of it. Uh, any tips or suggestions before I go into this anal situation? An anal anniversary. An anal anniversary. You've come to the right place, Queen. Ooh. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I do have some tips, but I mean, I'll let mm-hmm. you go first with that one. Well, I guess the first thing that comes up for me is we have got to get over this stigma around straight men exploring their buttholes. Like yeah. the reality is all buttholes have nerve endings. All buttholes have sensitivity. And you and can simulate the prostate through the ass. Yes, absolutely. There's all, you know, for men have even way more sensitivity in that area than women do. And so I think we just have to get over this stigma. Like having sensitivity in a certain part of your body, it says nothing about your orientation or about who you want to sleep with. It just says you're a human being with anatomy that is sensitive and responsive. So, you know, all these, all this bullshit about like, oh, well, it means, you're, yeah, it means you're secretly gay. It's like, first of all, being gay is not an insult, but second of all, it's like an honor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think if, okay, there's something to say about, um, cause I, I have a few, actually most of my friends are straight to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they all, we all talk about ass play and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and I got a couple of my friends that are obsessed with having their asses eaten now. They good. love it. Oh, they love it. Good. Uh, but they want to make sure they feel good down there. And there's like, you know, it could be messy. They want to make sure it's all clean, ready to go. So they come to me like the little anal sensei mm-hmm. um, with Do you help advice. them bleach it? And- yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> That's I'm- what this studio is for, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> We're in my podcast studio, but this is actually just an anal bleaching center. You said it was uh, like a dermatology It is very before. sterile here. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no one's bleached their assholes yet. Um, but I have helped them with like the enema, like yeah. how to use that or a little rose water is nice for a little sprig of freshness, oh, yes. that sort of thing. Um, diet, when to stop eating, let's cut solids off at 3 PM, mm-hmm. that whole situation anyway. But one of my friends was, he enjoyed it, but he was like, Lo, do you think I'm gay now? And he was really struggling with that mm-hmm. because he had his prostate stimulated, not by me, by mm-hmm. his girlfriend, mm-hmm. um, his long-term girlfriend. Uh, and she was asking me tips about it too. And he was able to uh, orgasm come within, I think oh, it was yeah. like a freaking minute, mm-hmm. even that. Um, it was very quick. Uh, and now he started to doubt everything. But there's something to say about a a finger going in your butt or whatever of mm-hmm. a, a female as opposed to a penis. Yeah, um, it's so. totally different. I mean, I, I like to think of it this way too sometimes. Like, okay, so lesbians have a lot of oral sex. Does that mean because I enjoy being oral you know, sex someone going down on me that I'm a lesbian? No. Exactly. <laughs> so why do we the say stigma, that? stigma, I'm yeah, so sick of it. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. So I think this is a great opportunity for her to say like, babe, I am totally interested in doing a little anal anniversary, some anal yeah. exploration. I want this to be a team event. You know, so oh, yeah. I, I want us both to do it together. Ooh. And so, yeah, <laughs> <I love laughs> so like you, you want to go back door on me? I want to go back door on you. But you mentioned the fingers. And I think that that's such a great starting place. A lot of people think about anal and they immediately jump to having intercourse. And you don't have to do that as your first step. Like yeah. playing with fingers can be so great. And so and it can also help you get a sense of do I like this? Do I want to try more? And so a great first step for anal newbies is that you can just have a fingertip and just press it against the anus. You don't even have to go into it. You can just press it against it. You can do a little circles around there. Yeah. But it's, you know, it doesn't feel too intimidating. It's not a lot of lube is necessary. Yeah, a lot of lube. And you could do this 
even in the shower if you wanted to, if you, you know, the guy was really nervous or really scared or self-conscious about his body. But just take baby Especially steps. Especially because, I mean, yeah, you feel like you're going to shit mm-hmm. at some points. Well, mm-hmm. that's with like full that's penetration. Like, yeah, full penetration. So start with the fingers. Go easy. Yeah. Like, baby steps, baby, fam. Baby step your way into that butthole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. And hopefully in time. I think a lot more guys are, the new generation are more comfortable in that space. I think, I think it's so. an I old think school we're, mentality. Yeah. We're, we're moving towards it. It's progress. Yeah. I have a question. One of my girlfriends, which I had never heard of this happening, but she was telling me that she orgasms strictly through anal. Have you heard of that before? Mm. Is that a, is that a common thing? It's very rare, but it is possible. Like um, that's the way like she mm-hmm. was like living her best life. Yeah. In sex life. Yeah, that's great. So like I was saying earlier, you know, the clitoris, that really is like the most sensitive spot of the body. But yeah. the human body is so unique and it's so cool. And there are people who can experience pleasure in so many different ways. So there are women who can have orgasms from their anus. There are women who can orgasm from nipple play. There are women who can think their way to orgasm, like just pure fantasy. They can manifest an mm-hmm. orgasm. Oh, right. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can orgasm in your sleep. I've had sleep orgasms before. Um, you can orgasm from core workouts like sit-ups pull-ups stuff like, like that. Kegel exercises? running i had a friend who would she couldn't run because every time Stop. she ran she got an orgasm really yeah and she actually really liked running which was a sad part <laughs> she's Amazing. like it's so uncomfortable like i don't want to go with friends or with anyone else because i just i'm just orgasming the whole time wow mm-hmm. that's pretty cool yeah this listener writes do you have any tips to balance your hormones and get a higher libido? I'm struggling. Keep this private. Puta. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it is private. This is a female listener. Okay. So like I was saying earlier, the hormone aspect, it is such a small piece of the pie. Like it's very rare that the hormones are the only issue. But what I do want to say for this is that if you are curious about your hormones, work with somebody who is a certified hormone expert. There are so much bullshit out there these days that are like, you know, vitamins to balance your hormones and like drinks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, there are definitely lots of, you know, more natural things that can impact our hormones, but you want to work with somebody who really specializes in this, not some like influencer who's selling like a tea or a essential oil or something like that. Like if it's really a hormone issue, you need somebody who's a specialist. That makes sense. Okay. So Queen, go see a specialist for that one so mm-hmm. you can really figure it out, get to the nitty gritty of it. But it may not be the hormones. Explore some other stuff too. Yeah, most likely in it your most opinion, likely is not. it's not. Yeah. This listener writes, I get self-conscious in bed with my husband because I initiate sex and I feel rejected sometimes. He doesn't like when I'm too eager and it just makes me feel like I'm not good enough. Any tips on suggesting sex with your partner and avoiding rejection? Oh, that sucks. Mm-hmm. I've been in that position because I was like the little rabbit. Go, go, go. Mm-hmm. And my, you wanted it more. I definitely wanted it more. And my partner. Yeah, he would. He would not be as into it. Yeah. And I would get so self-conscious. Yeah. And you said this was a woman who this wrote a, that one. This in? is a female. Who okay. wrote that. Yeah. So and this is a particularly challenging thing because I was saying earlier, you know, we have all these stereotypes about men is like they want sex wherever and whatever. And the reality is, though, in heterosexual relationships, it is just as common for the woman to be the one with the higher sex drive in the relationship. 
but we never talk about this. And so when it happens in those relationships, which is like 50% of relationships, the woman ends up feeling horrible. Like something is wrong with me. Why doesn't my man want me? Like I'm not sexy enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not pretty enough. He doesn't want me. Maybe he's cheating on me. Maybe he's secretly gay. And the guy ends up feeling like, you know, I love when they always go to maybe know, he's secretly, secretly gay. gay. So <laughs> All quick. the time. All of a sudden, because he didn't want you that night. Now he's uh-huh. taking dicks up the ass. Get out of here. I mean, maybe he is. I don't know. No, he's not. No. <laughs> not enough circumstance. <laughs> but yeah, then the guy feels like, you know, something's wrong with him. His masculinity is being threatened. And it's, it's really just bullshit. Like, you know, we are all unique. And sex drive, like mismatched sex drives, it's all relative. Yeah. So like you had a higher sex drive in this relationship with your partner, you could get into your next relationship and you're the lower sex drive partner because you happen to find somebody who just has a really high sex drive. You know, so it's it's really unfortunate that we create this dynamic where we, you know, make women feel so bad and make men feel so bad if they're with a woman with a higher sex drive. So, you know, it's important for couples to like talk about this. So if you're listening to this and this is the case for your relationship, like grab your partner and say, hey, you need to listen to this too. We need to recognize like we are totally normal. There is nothing wrong with us. And then in terms of like, you know, how we initiate, that can be a really interesting conversation that you can have with your partner is to ask each other. This is my favorite, one of my favorite questions. Ask your partner, what are your three favorite ways for me to initiate sex? Mm -hmm. Because that way you're getting specific ideas. You're knowing like, what is it that your partner really likes? Because a lot of us are initiating sex in ways that our partner not only does it not turn them on, it like actively turns them off. So Xander and I did this reel like a few months back where we were kind of like reenacting all these terrible ways. Like a classic one is like the guy comes up behind the woman and like oh, just honks her boobs or just like grabs her crotch yeah. or something like that. Like while she's doing laundry <laughs> <Yeah>. or something. <laughs> yeah. So we need to understand how our partner likes to be initiated, what turns them on, what gets them going. And then just as important as that is we also need to talk about, okay, if you're going to say no to me, let me tell you some ways that are going to soften the blow for me. Absolutely. the, The reality is like in a relationship, a lot of people will ask me like, how do I avoid ever getting rejected? You're never going to ever. Rejection is always going to be a part of any relationship because you're not ever going to find a partner who wants sex the exact same time that you want. Every single time you want it, they want the exact same kind of sex every single time. Like rejection is a part of everyone's sex life. And it's almost like you don't even have to look at it like rejection though. It's almost like that's just normal. It's part, we're on different wavelengths at different times. Exactly. You're horny. I'm not like, So we have to stop taking it personally. We have to stop thinking that if you're not in the mood at the exact same second that I'm in the mood, that doesn't mean that I'm not worthy. I'm not sexy. I'm not beautiful. You know, it just means your partner's in a different place right now. So you can talk about stuff like, you know, sometimes it really helps if your partner tells you, hey, babe, I think you're so sexy. I really would love to connect with you. But you know what? Like, I had this awful meeting at work today. I'm in such a bad mood. Like, I just, I know I couldn't be there in the moment with you and really be connected to you. Like, see how that feels so much softer than like, you're like, oh man, I'm sorry. Get off me. (laughs) Yeah, get off me. I don't want to. I don't want to. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So talk about ways that you can soften, you know, soften the I love that you said the, ask your partner the three ways Mm -hmm. that they like getting in the mood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One way my partner my ex like getting in the mood was I love to cook. Um, and every mm. time I would cook, he would want to ravage me. Oh, 
Yeah, that which sounds, sounds fun. It does, but until I was like, really want to finish these enchiladas. Oh, no. <laughs> really want to like master this recipe. Uh, and you'd come in the kitchen like all hot and bothered, like wanting Everything to just get burned. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, I want to, I want to make this meal. Uh, <laughs> but that was his thing. And I was not into that though, because mm. I actually wanted to enjoy the dinner. That I went and bought everything for. I was excited yeah. to cook. And I was like, why are you ripping well, my pants down? Well, this is an opportunity to get a little bit creative. Like, could you have just started making the salad first or something? Like, sure. something that doesn't require the cooking. We can always get creative with our sex lives. There yeah. are always, like, funny little ways to work around. Stuff. Or even, like, role play. Like, you're like, oh, I'm chopping the onions. <laughs> or I'm, like, <laughs> shredding the cheese. You're just, like, miming it out in the kitchen. Yeah. Oh, there's that, too. Okay. Get a candle that smells like something. Some enchiladas scented candle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to leave the episode right there for today, but we have more to talk about, more to discuss, more questions to be answered. A delicious sexual buffet. All you can eat buffet is coming in hot next week. Uh, we have Vanessa back for part two of the episode, and we're going to dive into fetishes. Are you down for a fetish? Have you ever been with someone who had a sexual fetish? Dirty talking, how to dirty talk, what people expect uh, from dirty talk. A listener asked a really funny question about that. We also talk about porn, porn addictions, and how to incorporate porn in the bedroom. If you're okay with that, if you're not, we'll talk about that. Also, expectations in bed. We also talk about squirting. <laughs> so, yeah, there was a few listeners who had questions about the art of squirting. And of course, we dive into how to please your partner in bed the art of the orgasm, and of course, how to please yourself, which is the most important thing. Got to please yourself, kings and queens. So that's next week's episode. Stay tuned for that. But thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and learned a little something, something. I got to take a moment and just shout out my lowlifers, my listeners. I'm so incredibly grateful to have the best listeners that are so engaged in this podcast and we're building this community out. And I've been responding to your DMs and learning so much about you guys. So Thank you for reaching out to me on the gram and also the Facebook group, which is great because then you guys could meet each other through that. Uh, this little community can continue to grow, this little pod fam that we have here. So if you're not following the Facebook group, I'm new to that whole world of Facebook. I hadn't logged into Facebook, like actually used it in, my God, probably like five to 10 years. I can't even remember the last time. But now that I have the low life Facebook group. I'm loving it. We're sharing pictures of dogs, babies, um, our obsessions on Netflix, also Spotify playlists. All the good good is going down in the Facebook group. So if you get a chance, give it a follow. You won't be disappointed. And when it comes to this podcast and showing your support for it, especially an up-and-comer, I talk about this all the time, but the best way to show support and love and help out a podcast like this little engine that could or couldn't at times, the Low Life Podcast, the best thing to do is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, leaving a review, subscribing uh, or following it, whatever the term is, and also uh, giving a five-star rating. All of those things help tremendously, helps with the analytics, the numbers, getting sponsors, and can keep this show going. We can still put out great content for you, free shows every week uh, because of your continued support. And I just want to say gracias and just thank you so freaking much for taking the time to write a review. The more reviews, the better. I have listeners who will write multiple reviews and it could be anything you want it to be. You leave an emoji, throw a couple little dick emojis my way, an empanada, a tamale or two, just a heart, or you could actually write something. But again, anything is appreciated. And the fact that you take the time to actually write something just warms up my spicy heart. So again, I appreciate you. And I want to give a shout out to some listeners. In addition to giving shout outs on the pod, 
I'm picking people at random and we're opening up the low life gifting suite. So if you end up leaving a review, put your IG handle at the bottom of the review or the end of it. Uh, so then I could see it slide into your DMs and you have a chance to get some amazing little gifts, prizes being sent your way, whether it be a gift from the sponsors, products I'm obsessed with, some hyaluronic serums, some pickle popcorn, some puta trail mix, or delicious trashy sangria. Uh, but you'll be getting something sent your way. You have a chance to get it if you, again, leave your IG handle so I could find you and then uh, get your address. All right. So first shout out I want to give to Good and Plenty. Oh, what a cute IG handle name. GDN Plenty, like Good and Plenty. All right. Good and Plenty writes, I originally found Low while listening to We Don't Deserve Dogs. Oh, I love that podcast. We Don't Deserve Dogs is a podcast I uh, was a guest on, and um, they did a whole interview about Dookie. This was pre-Dookie passing, of course, um, but it's an amazing podcast. And if you are a dog lover or animal lover, that podcast, you can get some great tips. And, but anyway, it's amazing for pet owners. So if this listener writes, I was captivated by his charisma. Oh, wow. And then found out he had his own show all on his own, and I was hooked. From his friends to his mother, you are welcomed into his family, shared with love and laughter. If you are looking for a new bestie, this is it. Thank you, Lo, for giving this old lady a reason to laugh and also remind her that she needs to drink her water with a little rainbow, little squirt tamale emoji. <laughs> oh, thank you, Good and Plenty. I appreciate you for writing that. And I love that you came from that podcast. The hosts of We Don't Deserve Dogs are the sweetest couple. All right, next review comes from Katie J. Heron, K-A-T-E-Y-J Heron. She writes, Lo, I found you while listening to KB's podcast, and I literally replay those episodes with you and her constantly because they put me in a good mood instantly, especially listening to all of your confessions. <laughs> oh, God, what a mess. Yeah, really setting the bar low over there. <laughs> um, she writes, I was so excited to hear you have your own podcast and tune in every week. Thank you for being real genuine and for always making me laugh. I still love you even though you don't like friends. <laughs> Keep being you, Putha, because you're the best. Oh, <laughs> And thank you for seeing past the fact that I don't like friends, which is a major flaw to some people. But yeah, you can still love me, Katie, despite that, which means it's a real kind of love. All right, this next listener is Carolyn Armstrong, Carolyn889. She writes, Eurovision Obsession. First off, I'm in love with your show. Second off, I'd never heard of Eurovision before, but after a one-hour episode on it, now I'm obsessed. They need to be the official Low Life Pod sponsor. You and Elliot together are life-changing. I've never laughed out loud at a podcast this much. Aw. Carolyn, I'm Eurovision obsessed too. Elliot got me hooked on that damn show. It's such a mess, but like the best mess possible. And the talent's incredible on that show. It's so good. Cannot wait for the next Eurovision. I'll do another episode on it. All right, next review comes from PCJ, and her handle is Instagrump. Oh, cute. Little grumpy cat. All right, Instagrump writes, Lo, you are awesome. So intuitive, introspective, and funny. Love you, and I love your sense of humor. Question for you. How did you get your name? Is Lo short for something? Yes, it is short for Lorenzo, which is Lawrence in English, Lorenzo in Espanol. Uh, but yeah, that's my formal name would be Lorenzo or Lawrence. So I go by Lo because my dad and I have the same name. So everyone calls him by his formal name, but like nobody calls me Lorenzo or Lawrence. Sometimes as a kid, I would get that if I was in trouble, like Lorenzo. I'm like, shit, my mom's pissed. But um, yeah, nowadays everyone just calls me Lo. I have other nicknames in my family, but 
that's where it originates from, my actual birth name. All right, we have time for one more review, and this one's coming from Bethy B. Bethy B. Bonilla. Ay, Bethy B. Bonilla. Here we go. She writes, Lo, five stars, mi podcast favorito. Thank you for making this podcast. I listen every Thursday while walking my pup. I don't always remember my headphones, so I'm often listening to it on speaker. I'm Mexican-American. <gasps> hey. She says, I'm a Mexican-American queen living in a pretty white neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. And I love when I pass by my neighbor and they overhear puta here and there. <laughs> we got to shake things up in this hood. Anyway, I love you, Lo. Please never stop making this podcast. And P.S. Rest in peace, Dookie. I'm sending you a big hug. Ay, mi amor. I'm so glad you're enjoying this podcast, my fellow Mexicana. And it's so funny because sometimes I'll share recipes or things that, you know, the queen's cooking and it just gives a sense of family, but I'll have listeners who are also Hispanic and they'll write in and be like, oh my God, like when I was hearing you talk about mole or tamales or whatever, pork verde or enchiladas, whatever dishes I bring up on this podcast that are specific to Hispanics, there's so many listeners out there that relate to it. And I love that. Oh, it makes me so happy when uh, people message me and they're like, oh my God, what's your mole recipe? I use this or that. Or Anyway, so thank you so much for listening, Queen. Feels like me familia. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. Take a nice shower. Use a good body scrub. Maybe masturbate. Take care of yourself. But Don't forget to drink your water. Because <laughs> I know you're thirsty. <laughs> We, we love, love you. you and we're out. <laughs> Bye. Bye guys. <laughs>